Hi, I'm Dubba, I'm the Director of Music Tech Fest, and this is the MTF Podcast. So, for background, Music Tech Fest's not so much a place where people come to show off the things that they've made or sell their shiny new products to you, but it's to start new things with new people. Things that might go on to have a bigger life beyond Music Tech Fest. It's about collaboration across different disciplines, working with brilliant people you might not otherwise have imagined you'd ever work with, and creating things you might not have expected, and then those things going on to become significant, to have a life beyond the MTF Labs, creating entirely new markets, addressing grand challenges. That's kind of the whole point of what we do. It's what we mean when we say innovation. So I want to introduce you to someone who really captures a lot of what MTF is about. He's an artist, an engineer, a music producer, an educator. He's someone who will try new things to see if they'll make the world a better place. And he's someone who totally gets the value of collaboration. Tim Palm is DJ Arthro. He drives a spaceship. He builds things with software and electronics. He's a drummer. He produces and releases dance music and performs it live. What he tends not to do quite so much is use his arms to make any of those things happen. The Arthro in DJ Arthro is short for Arthrogroposis Multiplex Congenitor, which is why Tim uses the wheelchair and why, when he plays music, mostly he's playing it with his nose. Tim teamed up with some other brilliant MTFers at our labs in Stockholm last year, and those collaborations have resulted in him starting a new company, winning financial and business support for his team's invention from the university incubator KTH Innovation, heading to London to play a sellout live show. His music's been featured on BBC Radio. It's been picked up as the theme to a new weekly podcast to promote Stockholm City that's going to be released soon, and why he'll certainly be back to the next MTF Labs in Stockholm in September, which I'll tell you more about and how you can get involved right after the interview. Here's DJ Arthro. Tim, thanks so much for joining for the MTF podcast. Nice to be here. So you're known as DJ Arthro. Yes. I, I want to unpick that a little bit. Why DJ? Uh, because the thing is, my artist name comes from my diagnosis, uh-huh. which is arthrogryphosis multiplex congenita in Latin. Uh-huh. So if you search arthro, yeah. which is a Latin word, yeah. so you get all this like medicine, uh-huh. you get all this like um, foot salvation and all this kind of weird stuff. Yep. Uh, so I wanted to have some way to like not find medical stuff when searching for my name, right? but still have the uh, like diagnosis name in the artist's name. Okay, so, so by putting so DJ in front of it, absolutely. you find me and not the medicine. Because what you do is more like DJing than it is like MCing, for instance. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, but it's not really DJing what you do. No, yeah, but when I started, I didn't know that it wouldn't be. Okay. Uh, I started to like producer, and uh, uh-huh. when I didn't know stuff, it was like, yeah, a producer is a DJ, or a DJ is a producer. So I thought like I should be called a DJ because I will play on stage. Right. And then I the first gear I bought for like playing live was this um, DJ equipment. Was it like like Pioneer Dex? It was a, a Pioneer DDJ Wego. Uh-huh. Uh, it's a small one because my arms can't really reach for the big one. So I bought a small one and then mapped it and made it like function for me. Okay. So we had like the functionality of the bigger ones mapped into a smaller one. All right. This is an audio format. So describe what what the the, the limitations that you're you're talking about are for uh, somebody who can't see you right uh, now. Uh, uh, yeah. So my diagnosis uh, basically uh, it makes my joints uh, 
uh, unable to move. It had like 30 degrees movements, like in arms and legs. Uh-huh. And because of that, my muscles also uh, lose some strength. Right. So it's like a two-part uh, situation. Uh-huh. Uh, so I'm sitting on a uh, like special built wheelchair, and I'm performing performing with my nose uh, mostly. Right. Right, so you have sort of limited range of motion of the limbs, yeah. um, but uh, a, a flexible face. Yeah, so, yeah. So you can actually <laughs> so uh, like operate gear like that. So let's talk about your gear. Yeah. Um, so I, okay, somebody like me who recognizes that it's an iPad, but not necessarily the software that you're using, what's actually in the rig? Uh, so if we start with the iPad. Sure. Uh, the main application is called Touchable. Mm-hmm which is an app built to integrate with Ableton, which is like the main software I use. Uh-huh. Uh, so it's fully integrated, so I can control the MIDI software, can control the CC and the yeah, everything, like mm-hmm. fully functional, launching clips and changing BPM and everything. And I can rearrange it however I want. So if I want big buttons, I can get big buttons if I want. Right. So I have this like template that I use to perform. Okay. But there's more going on than an iPad. On yeah, yeah. Th- th- then I have... A, Oh, it's, it's it's a big one. It's like a half circle of gear. Uh, yeah, you sort of it's it's right around. It's like Rick Wakeman kind of. Yeah, uh, yeah exactly. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so there's a synth as well. It's the Yamaha Reface synth, which is the only synth I've found with uh, no knobs, only like up and down sliders. Uh-huh. Uh Because turning knobs with your lips is quite difficult. I can imagine. Like, you can't make a 360 with your head. That's true. That's yeah. impossible. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So having this. Uh, just up and down sliders for everything. Uh-huh. It's like it gives me full control over the synth. Yep. Uh, and I found it like four years ago now, I think. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I have to buy this one. Yeah. Because uh, it's quite boring to just have this uh, software synth. Yeah. Yeah. So you've got a uh, physical synth in your rig, but yeah. with the up and down sliders. Yeah. An iPad, obviously a laptop somewhere. Yeah, and the laptop is it's an all-in-one computer, uh-huh. a 23-inch uh, touchscreen okay. in the middle of the rig. Yep. So I have like Ableton, a full screen there. Yep. So if I need to change something or like if it crashes, I need to be able to reach the computer. Right. But I'm not using the computer as uh, an instrument. It's more like a backup safety. Okay. Uh, because if the computer would crash, yeah. I need to be able to by myself go in and change settings or do stuff like that. Mm-hmm. I don't want to call up an assistant or someone else to help me. Sure, sure. So I built it to be able to control everything. And the whole rig itself, uh, which surrounds you on stage, but you sort of move around from sort of one part to another, you call it the spaceship. Yeah, I call it the spaceship. Why? Uh, it's funny because I, I had a gig. Yeah. Uh-huh. And I, I, I just call it the rig at first. Yeah. Uh, but then someone uh, that have no idea about electronic music came up to me. What will you do with your spaceship? And I was like, yeah, it kind of looks like a spaceship. It's like the control room. Uh-huh. Uh, and then I just went with it. Right, okay. Uh, and it's way more, it's like explaining it as a complicated spaceship. It's way better than saying, yeah, it's a rig with synths and loop stations and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. The people don't don't know. They don't know. Right. So you're seeing the spaceship. They'll be like, "Oh, that's cool." That is cool. Uh, and it's like I feel like I'm controlling a spaceship yeah. because like so many parameters to control and like it's an entire system built that I have in my head. So it's right. It's sort of like controlling a spaceship. Fantastic. I think I haven't controlled a real spaceship, so I I wouldn't <laughs> you imagine. No, yeah. But yeah. But you do have a technical background. 
Yeah, uh, yeah. I study at KTH now uh-huh. uh, to become a teacher and engineer in math and computer science. Okay. And I studied um, like technique for gymnasium in it's called in Swedish. Yeah, yeah. Uh, te- technique for three years. Okay. So I didn't want to study music because I felt like I would learn music by myself. Right. Uh, I, I didn't want to ruin it with studies. Uh, because studies become boring after a while. Right, okay. I, I don't want to have music be like boring and I have to do. Right. I want to do it because your I want to be your, your hobby. Yeah. yeah. Uh, maybe profession later. Uh-huh. Uh, but uh, at that time it was like hobby. Right. You do have quite a, a kind of a technical approach to the making of the music, even though the, the music itself is creative. Yeah, yeah, totally. Uh, yeah. So it's like, because I have this technical approach, I try to make, I, I try to... St- Try different stuff. What happens if I connect this to this? What happens if uh, I plug like the synth into my vocoder uh-huh. and then back in? And the technical approach, but still creative. Yeah. And also, I rearranged the software. I had, I used two softwares when I perform live. I used a Tractor by Native Instruments mm-hmm. and Ableton. And uh, like four years ago, they couldn't sync. Right. Uh, now there is this link uh, that syncs them automatically, uh-huh. but not uh, back then. Uh, so I found an internal MIDI clock uh, in the that c- that could be downloaded yeah. and I mapped both uh, those to the software and had them sync internally. Like this was uh, this wasn't normal back then. Uh, so I had this like one of a kind uh, sync. So you kind of hacked it. Yeah, I hacked it to yeah. be able to trigger loops and sync with my DJ set. So where did this start for you? What was the kind of the seed that went, you know what, I want to I want to set up a electronic music rig and perform? Okay, so, so I had no idea that was my plan. Uh, I started as a vocalist, taking singing lessons. Uh-huh. I went on to try guitar, failed miserably. <laughs> I thought I would, would be able to play with my feet uh-huh, because okay. I played guitar hero with my feet. Right. Okay. Uh, and I thought it would be the same thing, but... Uh, Six string and impossible, like and yeah. not impossible, but an unlimited amount of ways to put your toes or feet, yeah. uh, fingers on. Uh, so I, I played the smoke on the water riff. Uh-huh. Okay, I was like, now, now I'm done. Now, now I've done this. You're, so what you're saying is you're as good as me on the guitar. Yeah, <laughs> and then I thought like, as a normal person, I am drums uh-huh. with this limbs that can't move i should play drums right makes total sense of course everyone yeah. thought i was an idiot <laughs> <laughs> like, but me and my dad uh, he's an engineer and uh-huh. like looks at this in a like technical way as well sure uh, thought like there should be some digital drum that you could uh, could use uh-huh. uh, so we went to music store uh, bought one of those early roland uh, hand drums okay yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and then i applied for drumming lessons uh, and I uh, thought, like, this will be so good. I have a plan. I can drum. I had, I could make this before taking yeah. drum lessons. Yeah. So I went there. And when I went into the classroom first time, yeah. it was this 60-year-old guy. And I, I panicked at first. Uh-huh. Because I wanted a young one, like, new in technology. Like, yeah. But this guy is a pioneer in, in electronic music. Uh-huh. In his house, he has the first electronic drum. He's like working with Nord drum. He has all the drum machines, and like, so he was absolutely yeah. the right guy. And he was like, "Oh, this will be fun." Uh-huh. He took it as a challenge yeah. to make me able to be a great drummer. Okay. 
And then I went on to wanting to be able to loop stuff. Yeah. Because like this engineering mind of mine went like, what can I do to g- make this even more? Yeah. So and uh, when I started to look into looping, I found out that uh, music software would be the best uh, possible way mm-hmm. because I can sync it with like a metronome and stuff. Yeah. Because with limited movement, I can't press multiple buttons. Right. So I had to find a way to trigger the loop, mm-hmm. and then start drumming, and then end the loop. Gotcha. And still have it in sync, which won't work with these like Bose uh, foot controllers. Okay. Because then you have to press at the same time you start drumming. Right. Yeah. Gotcha. So, uh, so then I bought Ableton, uh, and from there on I just like looked into everything that was in electronic music. Oh, a launch pad would be nice. Oh, synth would be nice. Oh, this Akai MPK Mini piano would be nice. I can't play piano, but a piano would be nice, uh-huh. yeah. and, and so on and so on. Uh-huh. Until I finally had like a first rig. So you're a gearhead, really? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Th- that's yeah, yeah. You like you like the kit. I like the kit. So so just just to sort of clarify what you're making at this point, because the way that we're talking about it and the experimentation and the plugging this into that and see what happens makes it sound like you would be making very experimental avant-garde music, and you're not. No, I'm not. No, tell me about the music that you make. Uh, so uh, it's uh, it's uh, based in the like electronic dance music uh, mm-hmm. scene. So, yeah, like, not pop music, but you can hear it on the radio at, like, Tomorrowland uh, scene. It's like, that's the core. Right. Uh, but then uh, I, I like to experiment, as we said. So, uh, like, the latest EP, I have this combination of jazz uh-huh. and electronic uh, dance music. Yeah. There's a real, uh, I mean, you say it's not pop music, but there's a real pop sensibility to it. I mean, you you it, it fits on the radio. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. It fits on the radio, but it's not like uh, you wouldn't hear it on the radio before. It's like sure, it's like a new. It's not out of place, but it's yeah. not the same as what else. Is exactly. There. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Interesting. Because I realized that I don't want to make pop music. Mm-hmm. I want to make music that I like, uh, but I I have influences in pop music. What are they? Um, for example, Ed Sheeran. Uh-huh. Uh, because he uses a loop station uh, and a great uh, lyricist. Yeah. Uh, so that being able to take a stage by himself and all that is like a huge inspiration. Mm-hmm. And then like sounds from Daft Punk. Uh-huh. It's like those, those vocoders. Like mm, I love them so much. So yeah. like vocoder and uh, also the Swedish duo Galantis. Uh-huh. Uh, make like really they're like house pop music like okay every single one of the tracks are amazing wow uh, so that's like the main inspiration you mentioned your dad tell me about your parents and how what they do has affected where you've ended up okay so so my mom is this really driven person mm-hmm. uh, she wants uh, she wants the best for everyone and uh, she knows she's able to like raise her voice if it's needed and uh, yeah she's Everyone respects her, and she knows how to get things done. Uh-huh. Uh, so every time when I want to do something, say I wanted to uh, play music, well, go apply then. Yeah, go ahead, uh, but make sure you also study. Make sure you have a plan B to survive. Sure. Uh, so she has always been this: you should do it, but you should also know what you're doing. Like both of this craziness and this realist. In one person, uh-huh. which is quite uh, an interesting combo. Yeah, for which sure. is totally fantastic. So all the pusher and the realist in once. Uh, my dad is more like 
He's a technical guy. He's mm-hmm. he's, he's he's a thinker, not not a doer in the same way. Sorry, Dad. <laughs> he's a thinker. He's like, okay, so Tim has this problem. He can't uh, reach his iPad. Uh, how can we fix that? Or right. Uh, I I found this new thing on the on the internet. Have you checked this out? And more like not into music. He's like the real uh, gear guy. Uh-huh. So he's like most of the things he's like, oh, you should buy this. And, yeah, I should. So m- more like the uh, the technical background. Sure. Where does the musical interest come from? Do you think they are dancers? They met as dancers, uh-huh. both of them. Right. Wow. So it's like always been music in the house. Yeah. Uh, but uh, as dance. Uh, so I think like the rhythmical feeling comes from dancing. I, I think actually there's a lot more to it than that. When you put those things together, you get the gearhead, you get the the person who will just have the the confidence to go out and do stuff yeah. like you're getting up on the stage by yourself, yeah. which not a lot of people really want to do, to be honest with you. Um, and kind of the musical instrument, and that it's dance music. Those things all kind of fit together really in a really interesting way. Yeah, that's true. I haven't really thought about it in like the bigger image, but. Yeah. It's Yeah, it kind of it pieces together nicely. Yeah, yeah. So what's the what's the big plan? So the the big plan would be like to live on music, like in the, in the long range, uh-huh. to be able to like have the music be my living, also the hobby. Mm-hmm. Because I, I say I used to say that plan A mm-hmm. is music. Plan B is engineering and plan C is teaching. <laughs> it's, it's quite a uh, uh, yeah, it's quite a great plan. Yeah, uh, quite a difficult plan as well. But uh, I, I suspect you'll <laughs> figure out a way to do all three of those things simultaneously yeah. as well. So yeah, that's that's kind of interesting. Um, the uh, the ship, the spaceship. Yeah, you took that ship idea and you've applied it elsewhere as well. Tell me a bit about that. Yeah, because uh, I wanted to have a theme and everything. And so I felt like, why shouldn't everything be a, sort of a ship related? So I had a spaceship, and then when I released my like first uh, series EP, like let's call it friendship, and have this ship ending, and also with this like because I had a lot of support from my friends. I made the music myself by them, but friends supporting and all of that. And I had this. Every song was quite different, and had this feeling of different friends. So when I heard one song, I thought a friend. Mm-hmm. So I thought like calling it friendship would be nice. Yeah. And then when I released the new EP now, I thought I want to do the same kind of thing, keep the theme going. And this time I've collaborated with a lot of musicians, and uh, like partners in crime or something like that. So yeah. uh, partnership uh, was the the name for that EP because it's like collaborated with, with vocalists and with musicians and. Uh, Studio guys and monster guys, and so it's like felt right to call it partnership. So that's just out now. Yeah, uh, yesterday. Right. Well, so at, at the point of recording, it's yesterday. When we uh, when we hear it uh, on the podcast, it might be a week or two. Yeah, back, so but it's, it's the twenty fourth of April. Uh-huh. Uh huh. So now you know exactly. Ex- exactly, and it's already had uh, some some coverage and some. Uh, you've you've had some airplay and yeah, uh, it was played on BBC Radio. Uh, which is quite amazing. Yeah, uh, and uh, hopefully gets picked up from there. People can get it on Spotify, yeah. and and you're elsewhere. You can buy it online. Well, iTunes and Amazon, and and stream on Spotify. Should we listen to a track from it? Yeah. What should we listen to? Uh, we should listen to um, 
I talked about the jazz one, so we should listen to that one. Uh-huh. Uh, it's called First Time. So that's first time by DJ Arthro, and you can get that on Spotify and Apple Music and basically anywhere you can get music. Yeah. Um, tell me about the recording of that. How did that happen? Uh, so I, I, I met a guy who had a studio in Stockholm, uh, like a 15-minute walk from KTH. Uh-huh. And I was like, hey, can I, can I use the studio uh, for like two or three days to record my vocalists? Yeah. And he was like, sure, um, if you help me edit video... I'll give you the studio. So it's like, I help him, uh, he helps me, uh, sort of deal. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I plan everything, I, I book the uh, vocalists, t- so they will go to Stockholm and everything. Uh-huh. 
And then he mentions it's like 50 stairs <laughs> down. Right. And now you're listening, but, but I'm, I'm in a wheelchair, right? So these 50 stairs are like quite, quite an, uh, a challenge. Each one of them has an obstacle. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, but it's like, I, I want to do this. It's like studio, three days of studio, like dream mm -hmm. uh, for that, that price. It's not even a price, it's a, it's a deal for a deal. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so I, I, I make sure that I have two assistants with me mm -hmm. so that they can carry me down. Oh, wow. <laughs> because uh, this needs to be done. Sure. Uh, so th they, they carry me down. Yeah. Uh, it, it takes quite some time. I have to open doors, like stop on the way and yep. everything. And uh, it's quite um, a ta task. Yeah, I bet. Uh, and then when we're down there, uh, like after, like we're going to eat lunch, uh, we have to get up again. Uh, but then, uh, nah, nah, we'll just order food here. Uh -huh. uh, but there was no toilet down there. <laughs> and I, I didn't want to, like, stop the recording session to go up on the stairs. So uh -huh. I was like, no, I, I, I'll do this. I'll manage this. Uh -huh. <laughs> so it's like three long days. Well, I bet. <laughs> wow. And where did the, uh, the, the collaborators come from? Uh, from all over the place. Uh, like, uh, some of the guys are from my city where I live. Where I lived, I live in Stockholm now, but where I lived like two months ago. Which is? Uh, Ian Shopping. Uh -huh, yeah. Uh, uh, so I had this guy, uh, we started taking drum lessons together, uh, but then quit after like a year or two. Uh, and But he went over, we wanted to jam a bit. Yeah. And I showed him uh, this track that I'm working on. And I told him, I have this idea of sort of a rock combination uh, of rock and like trap music. Uh-huh. And I was like, well, let's record some electric guitar then. Uh -huh. yeah. uh, so he plugged in the guitar and we recorded this uh, like really distorted guitar over it. Yeah. Which you can now hear on the track um, I Don't Mind. Uh -huh. uh, so we put the background done and then uh, I sent it to a vocalist that I played on the same stage with. I was like, hey, I know you're quite a rock singer. I know you sing really well. Uh, wanna sing on this track? Uh-huh. And then we went to the studio together, like quite simple. And the other two vocalists are from KTH. Okay. So we study the same program. Yeah. And I heard them sing on like parties and okay. on other yeah. stuff. And I knew they were really good singers. Yeah. So I just uh, talked to them like, hey, I have this new EP coming out and I want to have you as a vocalist. Would you be up for it? Sure. Sure, and you've written the songs, you've uh, composed the lyrics yourself. And With it, it's uh, different. For the song uh, I Don't Mind, uh, we did it uh, together mm -hmm. uh, in, my, in my room. So we, we did the melody and everything together. Yeah. Uh, for the butterfly effect, I had uh, this melody idea, mm -hmm. but then we went um, together to write lyrics and uh, like finalize the vocals and the melody for her voice. Right. Butterfly Effect is kind of the hit single, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Yeah. It wasn't meant to be. Yeah. But when it was uh, finished, I was like, this is damn good. Right. Like, it went way over my expectations. So I like, this needs to be promoted because when I showed it to people, like friends and family, the reaction to that one was like way better than the others. Yeah. It's like my sister... Uh, she loves music. She loves my music uh -huh. most of the time, but she's more of a pop listener. Uh huh. Yeah. Uh, and she was like, "This is a pop hit. Th this should be on the radio. The, like people can sing to this." Uh huh. Yeah. 
so I felt like that was the the right choice to do. Fantastic. Should we have a quick listen to that? Yeah, sure. Butterfly Effect, um, and that's on your new EP, which yeah. is Partnership. Yes, exactly. Um, so what's next for the EP? What's the what's the agenda and what goes beyond that for you? What's the sort of the roadmap for, for the musical output? Uh, so now I want to play some gigs. Uh, I want to make an awesome live show with this EP and the previous EP, because now I have like a full hour music with music I'm really happy with. So it would be really nice to just go out and play gigs. Uh, and then I'm also working on uh, people from Music Techfest, uh, uh, the, like the 
Martine, she's a singer and a vocalist and writer as well. Mm-hmm. So we're working on a track together and also had this other track. So I want to release like two sort of summer hits in the middle of summer. Uh, and then um, I'm working with a friend who's also named Tim. Mm-hmm. We want to make this Tim and Tim EP. And he actually sent over seven track ideas yesterday. Wow. Uh, so the, the the plan is to take the full summer, like totally music. Uh, I'll start like I'll do talks, music. I'll see if uh, yeah, do music work full time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, I'm starting my own company as it is right now, as we speak. I'm uh-huh. starting the company. Yeah. So like full summer music promotion gigs. Uh, create music videos. Uh, so when the study starts later on, when the school starts, I'll have enough material to keep giving you guys uh, material while studying. Fantastic. So big up, build up this like repertoire of new music. And hopefully we'll get you more involved in Music Tech Fest yeah. along the way as well. Would be so dope. Yeah. Now tell me how you got involved in Music Tech Fest originally, because you came to MTF Stockholm and you were involved in the labs. How did that happen? Okay, so the the friend, who I, my friend who I live with right now, mm-hmm. we have been really close friends since uh, KTH, uh-huh. and he just sent me a link. It's like, yeah, I found this on like Facebook or something, uh, and it's like music and tech. It's like it's what you do, man. You should you should apply. Uh-huh. Uh, and I was like, it was a half a year before. The uh, actual MTF labs, right, right. So I pressed it and like, sure, let let's apply. So I just uh, typed in my information and stuff, yeah. sent it in and forgot about it. Right. And then like a month before the MTF labs, I got this mail. Uh, you've been selected to work with ninety people from all over the world with this AI professor, this super cool guy going doing that, and like, yeah. and I was like, and I'm just me. Uh, 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 what <laughs> but uh, sure, yeah. I'll go there and see what happens. Uh-huh. Uh, and then I went there, and it was like uh, I felt like home, like the first second I entered the the space. Yeah. So it's like just a coincidence that my friend found it and uh, sent me a link. What do you mean it felt like home? Well, it's like uh, I don't have that many uh, friends uh, in. Technological music. I had quite a lot of musician uh-huh. friends, yeah. but not in the electronic and producing area. Sure. And not this geeky gear area yeah. at all. And people making stuff. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. which is part of what you do. I mean, you, you're assembling things, exactly. not, not just using musical instruments. Exactly. So I'm like re- reimagining them sort of and yeah. editing them to work as I want them to. Uh-huh. So when I got there and we posted a blog post uh, before the actual labs, yeah. and people came up to me like, "Oh, I read your blog post. Uh, it was really nice reading." Cool. I was like, "Yes, this really nice, uh, welcoming," and everyone was interested in the rig and how it worked. And yeah, and, and when I had questions uh, about anything, they could answer. Mm-hmm. And there was this guy making a face synth. Uh-huh. Uh, that was his plan, so it could like control the music. By a face movement. Okay, yeah. And I was like, that would be so cool. Imagine to go out from the rig and just have close-up camera to the face and just like doing this weird face movement Yeah. and adding that to like a dubstep bass. <laughs> like, it would have been such a cool, so like, 
I got ideas from them, they got ideas from me, and yeah. it all just came up to a big inspirational week. Right, wow. Was that uh, Leon Trimble's yeah, exactly. selfie sim? Yeah, exactly, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Interesting. But you ended up working with uh, a couple of other people, Vahaken uh, particularly. Yeah, Vahaken and Tim Yates. Tim, Tim Yates, yeah. 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 Tell me what you did. So what we did, uh, uh, we, had, we started a, an accessibility team first. Mm-hmm. Tried to, like, what can we do for like, an accessibility area? Yeah. And then when we had this, like, uh, who are we in this team? I told them about my rig. And I think it was Amy Dickens, uh, right off the bat, asked, uh, what is your problem with the rig? Right. W- w- what do you need solved? And I've been thinking about a lot of stuff. So I just went on with like, oh, I, I want to solve this, I want to solve that. Right. And then there was this one thing that everyone was, but that can be solved. Uh, which is the looping that I want to do on the beat. I told you before yeah, yeah. about the problems with looping on time. Starting and playing at the yeah. same time, yeah. Uh, so, But we've started to think about, can that be solved? And we figured, when I don't use my hands, if the button is placed correctly, I should be able to trigger at the same time as my nose is touching the screen. Right. Because it's this forward-leaning movement, so my hand could land on the button the same time as I lean towards the screen. If the button's in the right place. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so that was like the... Because normally the button would be on the interface that you're yeah, exactly. got in front of you. And that I use with my nose. And I can't press two buttons at the same time with one nose. Yes, for sure. <laughs> That's like one of the few impossible things that really is impossible. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, so we started to think if we could uh, put a like, so small button... Uh, set up on my wheelchair mm-hmm. and map it wirelessly to um, Ableton because if it's a wire and it, it will get stuck on the wheel yeah. so it, it has to be it had to be wireless it had to be integrated with my already existing uh, setup mm-hmm. and it had to be like precisely put and then we had an idea so we went to the um, the workshop mm-hmm. took the measurements and uh, started 3D print, laser cutting, uh-huh. uh, and uh, like adjusting it to the exact right position. Mm-hmm. Uh, me and Vahaken and uh, other people. And meanwhile, Team Yates had this micro bit that he started to implement into Ableton. So that is like two-team uh, situation. Right. Uh, and then uh, at the end of the MTF Labs, it was a showcase um, and uh, they wanted me to showcase this new, new uh, loop free. They wanted uh-huh. me to showcase it. And we had it done five minutes <laughs> before the so- showcase. I'm laughing, but that's so typical of uh, uh, yeah, MTF yeah. labs. Yeah, yeah, yeah I, I, I know. I, I, I've been in the same situation many times before MTF as well. Yeah. But this is a new way to play. Right. If it would have been just like configuring the iPad or configuring the synth, I would have known how to do it. Sure. But now it's like this situation of it's a new way to play. I need to be able to create everything on the fly, uh-huh. and I need to deliver. Uh, how, did it, how did it go? It like it's so funny because I think it went horrible. 
<laughs> okay. uh, but everyone like stood up and clapped. Uh, not not only because uh, I was there. Not only did people stand up and clap, people stood up and danced. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And and because the the challenge, part of the challenge that you would seem to be trying to get around was that you have your spaceship there, but nobody can see you. Yeah. But what this gave you was some freedom of movement to get out from behind the screens and and actually interact with the audience a little more. Exactly. And and that worked really well. Yeah. But uh, but from the, I mean that wasn't the end of the story though because uh, because then that got picked up from there exactly because when we were done we thought like we need we want to develop this further uh-huh. and and then KTH Innovation had this um, competition in like collaboration or like uh, at the same time as um, Music Tech Fest yeah. Yeah, it was it was part of the the kind of the music tech fest uh, yeah, exactly. prize that they were supporting. Yeah, uh, so I was like, I, I I we could just send this in. It's like fifty thousand Swedish crowns. It uh, that would help because we they are from London. I'm from Sweden. Just sure. like meeting up again without having to pay from CSN it would be quite yeah uh, quite nice. So we just sent uh, send it in uh, with this fancy brochure and everything. Yeah, uh, and uh, they wanted a meeting. Okay. So we set up a meeting. Uh, we talked to them, showed them the prototype and everything. Yeah. Uh, and then, like a few weeks later, they told us we'd won. Well, congratulations! <laughs> did they see? Uh, did they see commercial potential in this? Is, is this something com- that can be applied more broadly? Yeah, that, that's uh, sort of the uh, the thought. Uh, we have like two goals. One goal is to make a really well functioning one for me to use on on stage. Sure. Because this one is a bit unstable, and the other one, we have this idea of creating a do-it-yourself kit. Right. Okay. Uh, it's like the the thought we have. So that it can be really customized. Yeah. I guess. And if it will be released or not, we don't know. But that's the sort of the thought. Because there is this, the thought we have: if it can be customized to everyone, then everyone can have a loop uh, looper at hand, uh-huh. and it won't have to be for just uh, disabled people. It could be if you want to loop while playing guitar. It's a four-button setup, really small. Mm-hmm. You could like tape onto the guitar and play with your fingers and trigger the looping at the same time. Right. Or you could put it on a wheelchair and either have buttons or there is this, there is this thing called, uh, like paint that uh, is conductive. Uh-huh. So you have like electric paint. Yeah. And then you can put this like microbit anywhere on the wheelchair and just paint... To where you want your buttons. Right. So, say if I c- can't, can't use my arms at all, I can just have it at my neck, uh-huh. like three stripes, left, right, and middle, and just like bump it with my head. Yeah. It would be possible. Sure, sure, of course. So, that's like the, uh, the thought behind the commercial part. Uh, and if it will go through, it will be that. I can't tell you now, but it's, it's a really nice concept. For sure. Do you think things are getting better generally for accessible music technologies? Yeah, I, I'd say so. Uh, if you're ready to make the the search, uh-huh. uh, there's a lot of new stuff coming out. Like yeah. uh, every year at NAM or like other ways, like it's always new stuff coming out. Uh-huh. Yep. Uh, and people are starting to think about it more seriously, I guess, too. Yeah, yeah. So it's both as people think about it and also more stuff. So with this like new, yeah, with this new, new time, I can search for stuff. Like if I want a slide synth, I can just search for synth with sliders. 
And now that's more of a thing. Right. Uh, and because there are lots of lots of stuff uh, I can find what works for me. The problem with disabilities is that every each disability has their own problematics and own functionality. Uh, so I don't expect anyone to have made something that works for me. Right, specifically designed for you. Because yeah. I guess a limited range of motion could mean anything. Exactly. It yeah. could be like full control of fingers and then you would be able to play like finger drumming or it could be like one arm not working then you can play a one hand guitar like uh-huh. so you know. so what should musical instrument manufacturers be thinking about i think it should be most about customizability uh, maybe not in the hardware because mm-hmm. that's super expensive but in software that's not impossible say if i i want to have um, uh, buttons to do other things or like sensibility Uh because lots of drum machines are really tough to hit i have to use my full strength to get it sound like lowest velocity right right so it's maybe not changing the gear layout because there are already way like a huge amount of innovative tools Uh But to make sure that they can be used with different strength or different right, different sen- sensitivities on yeah. velocity pads makes a lot of sense. Yeah, yeah. That's the I can't play drum machines with my lips because I have to hit them like full on with my face. Right. <laughs> so right, as as it is now, touch it's not ideal. Is the only uh, solution. Right. But if there would be like uh, softer buttons, then I could get this like feeling of pressing a button. Which would be quite nice because a, a touch screen is basically an on-off scenario. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Whereas if you got the expressiveness of a touch-sensitive button, but one that you didn't have to smash your face into yeah, every single yeah. time you played it, that would be. That so would that's be. like I would think that will help a lot of people, just because people can have weak hands. That's like almost every physical disability has like weak muscles in some mm. way. Sure. So just having this. Uh, easy to turn knobs and simple to press buttons would be quite dope. Right. And obviously people can get hold of you through your Facebook page if they uh, come up with a solution to this. Yeah, of course. And I'd love to uh, help as well. I have this engineering, uh, Not uh, I'm not an engineer yet, but I'm becoming one and uh-huh. have this like engineering thinking. So if you want to feedback or discuss ideas, I'd love to. Fantastic. Tim, thanks so much for coming in today. Thanks for having me. Brilliant. That's Tim Palm, a.k.a. DJ Arthro, and that's the MTF Podcast. Have a great week, and we will talk soon. Cheers. 